This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN. Rangers, Penguins, Rangers look to even the series at a game apiece. Apparently no nights off during the playoffs for our guest. He called a six-period game, three-overtime game at Madison Square Garden last night. He'll be back on the mic tomorrow night. So we pulled Dave Maloney in to uh, preview the action. Kind enough to give us a few minutes here late night tonight. Dave, how you doing? Did you recover from last night? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh... It was an extended event for sure, and it, you know the longer it went, the uh, you know fatigue got everyone. But uh, credit to the players; they uh, fought hard on both sides of the coin, and uh, Malkin was in the right spot. And uh, the Rangers lose in triple overtime, but uh, it's it's that close. I, I think coming in, I think the closest matchups are going to be those. You know, you get away from the, uh, the top two and the bottom three. You get the middle group. There's just there's not. A, there's not a big difference between all those teams in that, uh, you know, in that bracket. So um, it was a hell of a hockey game, and unfortunately the Rangers are down one. But I think this, uh, by no means, is this series over. And we'll tell you that MSG Networks has wall-to-wall Rangers playoff coverage, airing every game during the team's first-round series against the Penguins. And, of course, our guest Dave Maloney, our analyst here on 98.7 ESPN New York, will be on the call for every game here with us. The puck dropping for Game 2 tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Don't forget to catch that pregame show, Dave, at 6.30. And, and you mentioned, Dave, they play 126 minutes last night, a one-goal mm-hmm. difference. So that would indicate to me, anyway, that major adjustments don't need to be made by the Rangers. But if you are going to change some things up, where would you start? Well, I, I think going in, I, I, I thought there, how the experience versus uh, inexperience would play out. Uh, particularly from a Rangers uh, standpoint, is if you were having some success, would you stay with the game plan that you've had uh, for the last, you know, two and a half months? And that's a simple, you know, don't put the puck, you know, in trouble. If there's a chance to, 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 to make a play, make it. If it's not there, you know, don't force it. And I thought um, they, they got away from that in the second period. And credit Pittsburgh, because I felt the inexperience was what the Rangers – it's got a little too cute, and um, Pittsburgh's been there, done that. The core of that team is 16 consecutive uh, playoff runs, three cups, and I speak of Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. And they didn't, they weren't faced at all, despite being down two nothing early in the second. And the second period was a dominant performance by the Penguins. And I just, you know, there were opportunities again where I just think the Rangers got a little cute with the puck. And uh, and when you're that close to the bone, right, and the margin is so slim, uh, you allow that uh, Penguins back into the hockey game. And it took three more periods before it was determined, before a goal was scored. But I just think the range would be a little wiser, uh, I, I think, uh, coming into uh, a second game. Just not If it's there, uh, take it. If it's not there, don't take it. And find a way just to create a little less ice for that crossing line. Dave, a lot made of the experience of the Penguins, and you just laid it out. Also, Mm -hmm. a lot made about the inexperience of the Rangers. First go-round in the playoffs for most of the guys on this roster, uh, including the most important guy, and that's Igor Shesterkin. His first playoff game last night, and uh, I'd say on all counts, he seemed to pass his first test. Oh, and flying colors, Pat. I mean, he was spectacular. I just... uh... He used to do a wrap of uh, a game, and I was uh, home late last night and busy today, so I'm just uh, going over the numbers here. And 143 scoring chances, or chances for Pittsburgh when you look at their shots on goal, 
uh, missed shots by the Penguins and blocked shots by the Rangers. And, and it was a dominant uh, statistical advantage to Pittsburgh in that point. And Shesterkin um, was Shesterkin. I don't think anybody is surprised. I think that's what uh, is expected of any goaltender for his team in the playoffs. He arrived on the scene uh, with lots of accolades, was willing to go down to Hartford to uh, evolve in the North American game, lit it up there, and came up here. And, you know, when you transist from Henrik Lundqvist to a guy like Shesterkin, uh, you know, you've got – uh, that goaltending position in pretty good hands, and he was he was spectacular. He was absolutely spectacular. And unfortunately, uh, that one bounce, one deflection, which eventually a longer a game goes, it's usually not going to be a, a tic-tac goal. You know, it's usually going to be off a skate or off a stick or something, and that's exactly what happened last night, but Shesterton was brilliant. Dave Maloney, our Rangers radio analyst, and uh, he'll be on the call tomorrow for Game 2, along with Don LaGreca right here on uh, 98.7 ESPN New York and the MSG Radio Network. Dave, early in the season w- when we were covering these games, we, we spoke a lot mm-hmm. about how the Rangers would-, would fall into the habit. Before they got their sea legs under them, they fell in the habit. I remember one early game in Toronto in particular of really overly relying on Chesterkin's brilliance. Did you see mm-hmm. any of that as the game went on last night as good as he was? No, no. I, I Listen, uh, Pittsburgh is uh, generally a, a team that, uh, it's going to finish in the top, you know, the top part of the league when it comes to uh, shots on goal. So they're a team that they're they're a little more north-south than the Rangers um, would be typically if left on their own. Um, so no, I, no, I don't think that they were uh, reliant on uh, just knowing the guy was back there. You can't. I don't. I, you know what, Pat? In all honesty, I, I don't know that that ever is a conscious. Uh, conscious thought you just uh, I, I think there might be uh, subconsciously when the guy's a little bit shaky back there to be a little more protective uh, but on the other side I just think that uh, they trust the goaltender and um, and uh, you've got to acknowledge that you know Pittsburgh these two teams are that close despite the, the record that the Rangers had over the Penguins in the regular season they played one game without Malkin they played another game without Crosby and um, I just think that their top players were, again, their top players. You go back to the one nothing loss in Pittsburgh, you know, the first meeting between the two teams, I thought that was the difference. The difference was the top players delivered, and the Rangers' uh, top players didn't to the degree that Pittsburgh did. Dave, you saw it in live, uh, in real time last night when it happened, and, and obviously when they mm-hmm. were doing the replay late in the third period. I'm sure you've taken a look at it since. Uh, what mm-hmm. is your take now on the disallowed goal by Heedle and the interference against Capocaco? Well, yeah, right away, Pat, um, uh, immediately I looked towards the Pittsburgh bench, and you know, the coaches were looking down at the video, right? And then I looked at the officials, and they got together in a hurry. So I knew it was going to review. And there was a one angle that, to me, clearly the, the original contact was a, not, a little more than a brush by Capo, um, uh, Capo, uh, and and he made the original contact. And Dumoulin finished the activity, right? So Dumoulin comes in, and, and really, it's it's a hockey play, and I think the the league has done its best to protect the goaltender. Um, as NFL does with the quarterback. Uh, so on that particular play, uh, as soon as they saw that one angle, I, I thought that the, this one was going to get called back. Now, again, for me personally, 
uh, I get a little bit um, uh, lost, not so much lost, but all, all uh, Kako uh, is doing is he's driving hard to the net. Dumoulin is defending, and it's a, it's a hockey play. And yet, at the end of the day, the rule reads the initial contact in that blue area um, allows for interpretation to be uh, waved off. So um, it was it was too bad. I know there have been. I haven't looked at it um, closely enough. I heard uh, on a, a podcast this morning uh, where Ta- uh, uh, Taco's uh, feet were skates were vis-a-vis the crease as opposed to relative to. To me, but this is after hours of video analysis, right? And depending on what side of the coin you're on, you're going to find any bit of evidence to support your team's um, uh, goal or not goal. But in that one, right away, I thought it was uh, going to be called back, and I really uh, don't disagree with the call at all. Dave, I'll, I'll tell you this, um, just watching the play and, and Kako's reaction, I know it didn't have the desired result for Rangers fans, but after he hits the ice, just the extra effort to keep control of the puck and the presence of mind to flip it back to Hedl, you've got I, I know it didn't count, but you've got to love that reaction for the youngster. Well, I, I thought that line uh, was as good from start to finish as any. Uh, and again, you could probably have made the case, you know, again, they're not, they didn't have the big minute. That the big, the, you know, top six are going to get. Uh, but the longer the game went, I, I thought they were the most energetic threesome over the course of the whole night. So again, the, the coach is going, to, uh, coach is going to trust his top players and every reason to do that. There's no question. But at a certain point, uh, Kenny and I were talking that uh, that line was good. You know, you talk about the inexperience uh, of the players and. And it'll be interesting to see tomorrow night how they play. You know, now they're armed with a little bit of knowledge. They go into that one really. Neophytes don't haven't had a lot of uh, playoff competition. I thought they were good. I, I really did. I thought uh, Philip Hedel was about as strong as I've seen him as a Ranger. Um, you know, Lafreniere had a couple of big hits early, but he was involved making plays. Cockle was good with the puck. And in the play you mentioned that will fall by the wayside, go totally unnoticed. Uh, but to those that paid attention after all the hoopla. That was a hell of a play by uh, Capo, and uh, unfortunately it didn't count. But I thought Schneider was good. Um, really, I thought I thought the young guys were good. And Dave, there is an opportunity here. I mean, I know he did well coming in deep in that overtime, but uh, Louis Domingue gets the start now. So essentially the Rangers are facing a third-string goalie. But then, of course, when I hear that in the playoffs, I think back to the 2014 Eastern Conference Finals when a guy by the name of Dustin Tokarski gave the Rangers all they could handle. So, yes, an opportunity, but, uh, you know, clearly Domingue did a good job, a great job coming in in relief last night. I uh, certainly did. He stopped all 17 that the Rangers threw at him. Um, but, again, I think a lot of it was from the outside. Uh, you know, as the game wandered on, there wasn't – quite enough energy left to create you know, unless there was a scrum around the net. Um, but that being said, see, that's the thing about the goaltending position. I don't care who the guy is or what his background. He can get on a roll. Uh, and if it's a, a two-week roll, it's probably a series win. If it's a, a month roll, it's probably two series and a win. And, you know, I, that's the thing about the position this time of the year is that uh, a goalie can come, and the history of the playoffs is littered with goaltenders who came out of nowhere, and uh, the, the peak of their careers were the original Stanley Cup run. And unlike the regular season where the goaltender is back-to-back to 82 times um, over the course of six months, 
boy, a goaltender, I don't care who the goalie is. You know, again, Carolina's down to their uh, third in the rotation as uh, Rossi got hurt again tonight. So, and he was good. He was good. Boston came after him in the third. So, you know what? That position, I, I don't put any, um, you know, any belief that it's the third or fourth string because you see it so many times where a goalie can come in over a short. Jim Craig, how about, how about that one? It's, it's in 1980. Uh, you know, he, he was stood on his head for the tournament and was spectacular for one game and they win the gold. So, you know what? It's a, a goaltender that I think you've got to get to. He's a bigger man than the other two uh, Pittsburgh goaltenders. He's got some NHL experience, but if you're going to let him off the hook easy, then it'll be easier for him. 2006 through 2017, Dave, this was your spring. You know, night after night uh, in the garden, broadcasting these high-leverage games. Did it feel like old times being back in that situation last night? Uh, you know what, Ted? It was better. I, I remember thinking um, during those runs um, that the garden just didn't seem to have the buzz. Uh, and it's particularly early, and that you know you'd be playing the Flyers, you'd be playing the Penguins, and uh, but boy, oh boy, they've done a tremendous job. Um, and first of all, it seems fun to watch. You know, I, I think in the Tortorella years, it was a Hendrick show and a lot of shot blocking, and a lot of that gutsy, gritty stuff that we all admire. Uh, and Daniel took it to the next level, uh, and they were all nice players. Um, I'm not sure that they had the edge that you really need, but this group. This group is fun to watch. You know, there's, uh, you know, True has been, the, I think, the most con- uh, com- uh, consistent competitor all season long. Plays a big, hard game. You throw Reeves in the mix. You throw Goudreau in the mix. And then, you you know, you throw the talent uh, and spread the talent across the lineup. This team has been fun to watch. And the Garden, credit to them. Um, I think when Vegas burst on the scene in, what was that, 17 or 18, and did what they did in the building. I think it forced all other buildings to kind of pick up their game. And I think perhaps the Garden was a little bit guilty of uh, of the world's most famous arena, not really having to do a whole lot to get the crowd into it. But boy, oh boy, they got the karaoke going, got different things going. It, it's a it's a fun night to watch. And visually, um, I was saying last night uh, with all the lighting and the different laser uh, things on the ice, it reminded me of the Bell Center in Montreal. And the, the place was packed for the national anthem, and it was it was electric. It was absolutely electric at the Garden last night. Well, we get to do it all again tomorrow night for a huge game, too. Dave, I look forward to joining you for our pregame coverage right here. So uh, rest up, maybe another three-overtime marathon for you, and uh, we'll talk to you either way tomorrow. Yeah, well, thanks a lot. It would be good to chat. And, uh, yeah, this series is a long way from over. I think uh, – the Rangers can rest assured that they hung in there and, uh, and went punch for punch and, and just unfortunately ended the way they ended it. But all season long, they've been a resilient team and uh, never, rarely, I, I, I can't think of but three times perhaps that they ever looked behind and woe was me or we should have done this and that. It's on to the next game. The next game's tomorrow night. It'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, Dave. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, man. This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN.